In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. Season's greetings. This is the No Off Days podcast. I am Scott Smith, and we have Chris Cato to my left, the man who was adorned in many a Santa hat. I love it. It's very good, very festive. It's Bama Claus. Bama Claus is here. (laughs) Is he going to be dead at the end of this? Look at this this, this skull and crossbones. This is a local t-shirt company called For the Bay, and so this is kind of like Tampa holiday here because you go straight from, you know, Christmas season to Gasparilla season. Yes, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, And then, of course, uh, Brian King, producer Brian King, is in the booth. Uh, So... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sporting my my little uh, apparel here. Oh, uh, is that new? A, a national champion, yeah. the Harding Bison. So, congrats to uh, the Division Two champs. Do I hear some clapping somewhere else? Did I hear clapping in the uh, in I the hear production a, a room? whole round of applause. Yeah, yeah for the oh, Bison's BK, got it done, BK. Brian, were you clapping? I was. Okay, thank uh, you very I'm much. Happy for you and, and the Bison's. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was quite the affair. We uh, I flew down to, to Dallas and they played a game in, in McKinney, uh, which is about 45 minutes northeast of Dallas I believe and then it, it was actually in a high school stadium but you know wow. I don't know if you know this about Texas but everything's bigger I mean this was a legit college stadium this oh, thing was yeah. huge their high school stadiums yeah. are bigger than yeah. most college stadiums so it was cool it was like a reunion I mean it was faces that I had not seen in 20 years and uh and whether they had won or whether they they you know had lost I think it was going to be a success uh, the fact that they spanked the the mime school. Yes, they went back into their glass box. It was a <laughs> wonderful occasion. We stormed the field, and no, there was no streaking. Just just to clear that up. It was really cool. Congratulations to you. You again being modest. You played for for Harding uh, a Eons few years ago. ago a few yeah. years ago. Yep. Uh, but I was kind of hoping the game would be more competitive. You guys just destroyed them, like a thousand yards rushing or something. Yeah, no. As soon as they got that lead, you know, they they just run the ball. That's all they do. This flexbone offense just pounds the rock. So, as soon as they got the lead, I was like, okay, you could tell that that, that there was they just fell forward and would gain four yards. So, yeah, that, that other school didn't have an opportunity to to come back after that. So it was fun, man. Uh, and that kicks off the holidays in a, in a perfect way and kicks off actually today's show in a really good way too because we're going to be talking a lot of football, uh, a lot of college football a lot of nfl action and for that let's bring bk back in uh because there's something at the end of today's show that i I know folks are are really gonna enjoy and that is an award ceremony yeah it is uh we've started looking back some of these shows i think we're at show what 437 now (laughs) it feels like a thousand but yes so we give out this year's awards and we had you know you got to come up with a clever name so scott came up with naughties most people kind of nod off. Not, not even nice. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. Or, or yeah. yeah, they're sleeping. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we're going to give out awards uh, for, like, best categories throughout this uh, podcast for this past year. Best dressed. Best dressed right here. Can I enter today's? As You could. Uh, okay. Uh, is, have we met the cutoff? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, that'll, that'll be fun. I think it'll give us an opportunity to look back. And, and, in fact, one of the categories, well, actually, no, this is not part of the naughties. We, but we will look back on uh, on some earlier predictions that we made, right, BK? Uh, we will. In the college football season. Oh, wait, I thought you some said really we weren't keeping receipts. <laughs> no. Yeah. And you, I hope receipts. you did for that hat because it's a little tight, <laughs> a little snug on that head of yours. Oh, just yeah. like my T-shirt. All right. Very good. Uh, we'll catch up with you momentarily here, BK. If you're listening and you want to watch, go to fox13news.com slash nodpod. If you're watching and you want to listen or subscribe, take out your phone. You can zap that QR code on the screen. And it, through the magic of techno- technology, uh, it'll send you right into all of our shows all the database and you can watch any number of shows and many of which we will talk to talk about today on the podcast so please subscribe fox13news.com slash nodpod i want to first kick things off talking nfl because um what is happening here in tampa bay with this team and, and this little run that this team is on uh, I think sometimes we, we look at all the flashy guys on the team and we forget about the guy at quarterback a little bit uh, and how instrumental Baker Mayfield has been in the success of the Bucks. And so the, the question I want to pose, or the case maybe I'd, I'd preferably uh, like to make, is that are you convinced, am I convinced that he is the guy uh, moving forward, that he has earned a second contract with the Bucks? And so, obviously, he has been a bargain deal for this team, a one-year, $4 million contract in the offseason, came in as a free agent. Uh, you know, not a lot of teams were willing to take a risk right. on a Baker Mayfield or, or their quarterback situation was set. And he has outperformed it. In fact, I saw something, a financial anal- analysis site, uh, overthecap.com, says that Mayfield's performance valuation here in this season, based on what he's done, 
is worth $31 million. Okay. Whoa. Now, wow. If, if I'm Baker, I'm heading into uh, kicking Jason Light's door in and saying, hey, look take at a look one. at OverTheCap.com. <laughs> uh, but that would make him, you know, one of the best bargains, obviously, in the NFL based on his production. And then they give a little bit of a market value to two years out, and they have him in free agency being able to kind of to net $33.5 million. Yeah. Now, I don't know how realistic that is. I mean, looking at the landscape, I'm not sure exactly how many opportunities are going to open up, you know, how many teams will be actually looking for new quarterbacks. I think Minnesota might be in the mix. I'm not sure if they might re-sign Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the New York Giants. I don't know if they can even get out of their deal with Daniel Jones. Um, but so – how how much would you spend for him? What is he worth? And and or do you want him at all? And I, I, my case is, I think he has shown enough throughout this season where he is he is worth resigning. He's done he's done everything that's pretty much been asked of him. I, th- I think that you know he has toughness and and obviously he's a resilient player. He, he takes a beating. Uh, I think he can make all the throws. He's a fairly accurate quarterback, yeah. too. Um, you know, his touchdown-to-interception ratio is amongst the best in the National Football mm-hmm. League. He's got 24 touchdowns as we record this episode, just eight interceptions. There is only two quarterbacks in the NFL that have more touchdowns and fewer interceptions than Baker Mayfield, and they're pretty well-known in Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott. So I think he has kind of out, obviously outperformed this contract but also when I look at, like, the state of the teams that are vying for Super Bowls at the end, like, if you're going to reboot this thing and you're going to go, you know, shop for through the draft and get a new uh, rookie quarterback, how often are we seeing rookies or guys even on their first contract lead teams to the Super Bowl? It just does not – to a Super Bowl win, it does not happen very often. I think Patrick Mahomes was one, so the 2019 season. I don't think he had gotten his big contract extension yet. No. Uh, I think it followed that season. And then you have to go all the way back to like 2014 and Russell Wilson. Mm. I think he was like in the third year of his contract with the Seahawks. But it's a, a lot of times it's got, you're going to have to pay for these guys. Now, do I want to pay 30, $33 million for Baker Mayfield? No, no. I mean, he has proven himself. But if you can get him for somewhere between 20 and 25, I think that's a deal. Yeah, and I think too. you can, you know, kind of, he seems like he falls well into that bridge quarterback category where there's not so much clamoring for him that you, it's going to be, you know, uber competitive, but that you can get him at a good rate, something that's going to make him feel like, hey, this team's investing in him. They believe in all the stuff that he put on tape this year. Um, but at the same time, you're not mar- you're not mortgaging, you know, the farm. Right? right. I think that if that were the case, 2025, I think that's something he would listen to and he would go for. I, I mean, because, again, we don't know uh, if there are going to be a lot of openings and opportunities out there how this thing shakes out here but i think the bucks need to do it i think he's proven enough i think he um you know again how many offensive coordinators had he been through before he got here with dave canales and it's just now i think you know over halfway through the season where it really kind of started to click you know and just now kind of in dave canales has said after that big win you know in green bay uh, trust the process like the process is now working it's now playing out Baker looks more comfortable than ever. It's probably still holding on to the ball a little more than they would like him to. But again, sure. he's not turning it over a lot, like you pointed out. And the guys love him. The the team, the coaches like him. The, he's galvanized the locker room. He is a franchise quarterback. I think you could make that argument pretty easily. And the path he has been on has been strange because he's the number one overall draft pick in 2018. Had won the Heisman at Oklahoma and had a pretty good season or two in Cleveland and then just for various reasons yeah hadn't worked out um you know the Rams could have kept him last year after he had that little audition with them and, and they found themselves at the beginning of this season in a situation where they probably would have liked to have him around yeah. um so I feel like this is set up well for the Bucks and for Baker I hope they do make an effort to keep him uh it, you know the money will be you know how much we want to spend on some other pieces to go around Baker too right right I mean there's obviously the, the big free agents coming off the books here at the end of the season unless they do something about it uh, number one is going to be Mike Evans mm-hmm. so do you want to keep him I mean I would think that they're going to make an effort to keep him but he he could probably fetch higher dollars somewhere else uh, Devin White I'm, I'm going to say that Devin's probably gone at this point you need to re-sign some guys uh, you have they picked up the option on Tristan Wirfs 
Uh, but they need to get him into a long-term deal. He's not walking out that door. Anton Winfield Jr. needs a, a contract extension. He's not walking out that yeah. door. I mean, that's it, that's my priority list for the Bucks. It, you know, put the quarterback, you know, maybe one or two, three spots down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I need to get Tristan Wirfs. I need to get Antoine Winfield Jr. under long-term contracts. Those guys are not leaving. Uh, but then I think, you know, the next is, is probably figure out Baker's situation. You know, and hope maybe you can get like Mike Evans to come back on a discount. I'm, I'm not smart enough to sit here and know how all the money works, but I do know that Brady's big $35 million cap hit is coming off the books. Yeah. Um, and I think there's some other dead money that's coming off too. I want to say Donovan Smith's maybe in that number. I mean, there's some other guys as well. Now, y- you have like some not great contracts that are still on your books, guys that need to produce, guys like Shaq Barrett, you need to produce. You know, Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis, these guys need to produce. Um, but. If they can make the, the books work and, you know, those guys in the front office over at the Bucks, they, they seem to figure it out every year. So, um, but yeah, and I just look at like your prospects of, of rookie quarterbacks coming out of the draft, you know, where they're going to be selecting. And if they make the playoffs, it's probably going to be in the 20s, um, you know, somewhere around there. Like who's going to fall that, that you feel more confident about that is more of a known commodity, uh, you know, like – um, I don't know if Jaden Daniels falls that far. I, uh, d- I doubt probably it. Probably not. Yeah. Does Bo Nix fall that far? For, maybe. Maybe. Not. But you know, a JJ McCarthy, maybe a second round I think pick. It might be I, like a Sam Hartman, someone like that could fall to the box. But again, yeah. I but think now you're is more of a known commodity, right? And yeah. now you're restarting things. I think a lot of it will have to do with too how they finish because if they don't make the playoffs, and and they just clean house and it's a new coaching staff in there then at that point, there's just probably no sense in bringing Baker back, right? So yeah. make the playoffs is, is goal number one. And once if they do that, then I think that now you can start having these discussions because to reinvest in a rookie quarterback, yes. I mean, if you if you go late first round, early second round, you're in the, you know, your your salary next year for a quarterback will be anywhere between, you know, two and six or seven million bucks, I believe, somewhere in that range, which is, you know, great from a salary standpoint. Sure. But, you know, are you willing to reinvest and play that slow game out, knowing that you're probably not going to reap the rewards right away? Um, all right. Elsewhere around the NFL, let's take because we're hitting the new year. Um, yes. Teams need to start resolving in their minds. Hey, things have to change around here. Certain teams need more drastic changes. So we're going to come up with a New Year's resolution for an NFL team or player or whatever of your choosing that they need to make sure in 2024, hey, this is going to be different. Okay, and I feel like now that we're talking New Year's, I should take the Santa hat off probably, okay? okay? And and also I think it was distracting. Make sure your hair doesn't come off I think it was distracting you. (laughs) Look, Look, it's perfect. It has a piece. It hasn't moved. I thought it was sewn into that hat. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like the elf on the shelf. He's got plastic hair underneath. Um, Well, I had a New Year's resolution for the Bucs, but we kind of touched on it there, which was keep Mike Evans. I I think you have to, and again, I hope there's some cap gymnastics they can work out, and, and maybe Evans cuts him a break. But I, he needs to retire as a Buccaneer, and he's he's going to break. He's got 10,000 uh, – 10,000 uh, – 10 straight seasons of – well, it is 10,000. 10 straight seasons of 1,000 yards receiving, and, you know, Jerry Rice has the record 11, and so Evans can get to that. You'd hate to see him break that mark in another team's uniform, and plus – And he's not fading. He's you not know, that's fading, the, right. That's the other issue. It's not like he's – cracked 30 and now he's an old man like this dude's still in in prime condition He's 31 he looks great still pulls down those contested catches and if you could keep it baker's really comfortable with him so that was my new year's resolution for the bucks find a way to make that happen um but i've got one for the jets okay the new york jets uh here's your new new year's resolution new york jets do not waste this opportunity with aaron Rodgers. okay don't blow this don't jets this up don't let aaron Rodgers mess it up okay uh he's not going to play this season that's pretty obvious they're talking about activating him from the ir soon uh maybe by the time people listen to this that will have happened but without them in the playoff race this season you know reports are that jets officials don't want him stepping on the field uh so Make sure 2024 is set up to have what hap- what you thought could happen this season. Make sure it can happen next season uh, to fulfill those playoff aspirations, Super Bowl aspirations. And part of that is keeping Aaron out of your personnel decisions. I mean, let's face it, these guys he had on his wish list that they brought along, Lazard, uh, Randall Cobb, Dalvin Cook, it, it, they haven't panned out. I, I'm not sold on Nathaniel Hackett either, but I don't know that I think Aaron's pretty attached yeah, to him. Boys. But you've got to uh, so keep Aaron out of your personnel decisions, invest in some offensive linemen and some skill players, and 
and let us enjoy because I know Aaron's kind of, you know, polarizing, but I think we all love to see him throw the football and I'd love to see him come back healthy next season and have a chance to do something special. Yeah, and I would resolve to also uh, reinforce his other Achilles tendon. Uh, if there's a way you could do that, <laughs> can you? Is there any way you just kind of put an extra screw in there in the offseason, make sure it holds? Um, my New Year's resolution is going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Go out, and whether it is through the draft, moving up in the draft, whether it's through free agency and dropping some big toe, you need to go out and get some receivers. Yeah. Okay, you are not. You cannot waste these years with Patrick Mahomes, with the likes of. What you got? MVS. Well, look, we love Marquez Valdez Scantling, but he's he's not a he's not a number one receiver. Uh, you, you got outside of Kelsey, you got Rasheed Rice, you have Justin Watson, also a former Buck. I mean, this is not a, a list of who's who. You need some Kadarius Tony's not getting it done for you. Oh, you boy. Don't. <laughs> oh gosh, where's the ball? Uh, Justin Watson's wife used to cut my hair. I ever told you that? Really? She could vouch that this is real. I noticed it's gone downhill. <laughs> yeah, since, since I still left. fly to Kansas City for haircuts, Scott. <laughs> Look, so you're going to have options through the draft. I mean, depending on where they draft, of course, there, there's a handful of good receivers in the draft. You got Keon Coleman might slide middle late first. Uh, you got Brian Thomas from LSU. You got uh, Amika Egbuka from Ohio State. Uh, uh, Adonai Mitchell from Texas. Yeah. There is a there's a list of of good receivers. Go out and get you one. And then I would also maybe even do something f- through free agency as well. Um, I mean, pff, Mike Evans, if he leaves, there's been a lot of bucks that have gone over to Kansas City, yep. right? Um, but hopefully that does not happen. But, I mean, you got Curtis Samuel, a guy that I really think would be a good fit, is a, a Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. Like, I, he, I think he's going to be a free agent, free agent uh, he, and he's with the Jags, and he's having a great season. Go out and spend some dough. I mean, it, you want to capitalize with Patrick Mahomes, he needs to have guys that catch the ball and line up on sides, right? Yeah, you would yeah. think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up on the other se- on the other side, we're going to check in with some of our preseason college football predictions. Oh, no. And now that we've kind of come to the end of the road here, we'll, we'll see and we'll check our work. How many of them did we get right? Did we get anything right? Stay with us. The No Off Days podcast continues. PTSD is what I will have. Welcome back to the No Off Days podcast. We are inching toward the the, the 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 finish line here, Chris, on the college football season, and this is the semifinal games. Yeah. They're right around the corner, and there's a lot of excitement. We're going to break down these games and kind of give our picks on what we think is going to happen. But I, I figured it would be good to go back and look at some of the picks and predictions we made. <laughs> oh, ba- only in, you thought this was a good idea, by the way. <laughs> back in August. I mean, we, we've all, we say some crazy things. You know, we, we make some bold picks. And uh, many times they don't pan out. And so I think it's just fair to go back. I mean, a lot has happened. I don't think anybody could really have predicted what would have happened in this college football season. M- maybe some people nailed all four teams. Now, we didn't do our our playoff four. We, we should have done we that. We should have, <laughs> that but we didn't. Better. We did not do that. But we did make some some bold picks at the beginning of the season. I believe that was actually how we carried That was the us, assignment. Right? Yeah. Give us, so a, this give us BK, a bold yeah. pick. BK's so assignment. We're, yeah. we're, you know, walking out there on the limb a little bit, a little with our picks. So bear in mind as we review uh, what our picks were back again, August, August 17th. 17th of 2023. And, and uh, let's hear what Cato's bold prediction for the college football season ahead was. This is my bold prediction. I think it's possible but no i don't think it's happened but if i've got to make a bold prediction oregon state wins the pac-12 wow and saves the pac-12 wait in what way uh because after the beavers have this magical season they create a dam that knock prevents off, people from leaving <laughs> the, the beavers do yeah <laughs> knock off usc in the what people thought was the final pac-12 championship game Okay, so uh, thoughts now, Chris Cato. First thought is we haven't aged since August. That's that's good news. The Botox is holding up. Yeah. Uh, second thought is, can I get half credit for that? For obviously not. They didn't win the Pac-12. Okay, but right. I'm trying to look. I'm looking at the standings right now. So they finished. Uh, let's see, in the Pac-12 fourth. Okay. okay. Pretty good. But they can had I? A good season. Can I they get, did have a good season. Can, uh, yes, and we thought they would. But can I get? half credit for them saving the Pac-12. Did you see this court ruling that came down last week? Uh, Why don't you tell us all about it? I will tell you a little about it. So, you know, they've been in litigation. After the other Pac-12 members left, um, they tried to take the Pac-12's assets with them. 
which how do you do that? You're, you guys are leaving the conference. So Oregon State and Washington State, being the only two orphans left, went to court and said, we should have all of the Pac-12's assets, including revenue from this past season, including all the branding, the Pac-12 name, and we should control the board as the only two remaining board members, which means we are the only two decision makers. But and I believe just this past week, last week, uh, a judge sided with them. So, yes, the Pac-12 is still alive, and it is partly because of Oregon State. So I think I should get some credit for that. But I believe that the reason for them being able to keep the, the conference together was because of their success right wasn't weren't you springboarding off the Oregon State success on the season and that would be the reason why I think you're putting words in my mouth you're putting <laughs> words in past Chris's mouth I don't know I, I think know. Brian Brian could you help me out here could I have some Do, partial does he get, credit does he get the Pac-12 many? is still a thing right and and something else I said in that clip well you didn't play the rest of it is I said that they would bring in uh the Mountain, Mountain West, West teams okay, and and that. and refurbish the Pac-12 and guess what Washington State and Oregon State the next two seasons have worked out uh, schedules where they're playing Mountain West teams well I think so we kind of already knew that that would happen no right? no well we didn't know it until I said it, 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 they're play, <laughs> it, it this is happening my prediction is, is all right BK through. you weigh in does he how many points does he get for, uh, for this I'll give him a half point just before because Cato, he talks so long a lot of times that something bound <laughs> yeah, to be eventually true. Eventually, he'll stumble across <laughs> yeah, something that happens. Something true. All right. I'll All take right. my Good half job, point. Okay. Right. okay. Now, while we still got you, BK, yeah. uh, I, I made a prediction on that very episode, too. Um, would you mind queuing that up and, and, and flashing back in time? Of course. All right. <laughs> My bold prediction is for the first time in college football playoff history, uh, th there will not be a Big Ten team in the, the four playoff. I have Texas getting into the playoff with Arch Manning Do at you? quarterback. No, really? Arch Manning. Yeah, I think oh, I think at some point. Quinn Ewers goes down. Well, I think I think he gets injured at some point, and I think Arch comes in to save the day, leads this team. And and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a matchup in that playoff. I already kind of played the whole season out in my head uh, with <laughs> Alabama at some point. Yes. Mm, Arch Manning. That, is, I like the dance I did. That was nice. You don't regret that? Uh, I Well, look, the, obviously – there was a chance that the Big Ten would, would cancel each other out there at the end, uh, but um, yeah, so that wasn't that wasn't a great bull pick. But my Texas prediction was was big because I don't remember a lot of people picking Texas to make the playoff at the beginning of the season, but I had faith and 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 Quinn Ewers actually did get injured at the season, but you know I just didn't realize where Arch was in the pecking order. So. But wait, now you know you have a chance to still be right because their backup love, Malik, that's, that's Malik, music to my ears. Malik Go Murphy, ahead. you have a chance to still. Malik Murphy has hit the portal. He's not. He's their backup. He actually played two. I have another point I want to get to later about this. He played two games this season and and they won. He's left, so it's Arch Manning is now the backup. So you're one heartbeat away from. And if they Achilles win away. in the semifinal and Alabama wins, then we're yeah. going to get Alabama, Texas, and an injured Quinn Ewers. And an injured Quinn Ewers. And, and, uh, and Arch Manning. Alabama has injured Quinn Ewers before. Right. Um, not that I'm cheering for a player injury, but wow, Scott would be. So, right. so how, how many points do I get for that little prediction there, BK? Ooh, that's a lot of points there. Plus, there the part I kind of cut out was that you just kind of threw in how you think that Washington – would be the best team in the Pac-12. That was, yeah, yeah uh, that's yeah. a so, great point. Thanks for reminding me of another great that. prediction I made. <laughs> is that when you were talking about Oregon State, I said, well, I think Washington is actually the best team in the Pac-12. Yes. And then I said, and don't sleep on Oregon. And I said, I think the Ducks are the best team in the Pac-12. Well, so I was wrong to, about that, too. You're just trying to butter me up. No, I, uh, <laughs> I think he gets half a point, right? Because his mission. Wait, his, half a point? Your, well, his Big Ten, his, your main prediction was that the Big Ten wouldn't have a playoff team. Then you just throw in this other okay, Texas well, if, thing? Fine. If you give me a half point, then he's getting like an eighth of a point. Okay, he, Brian, he's getting Brian, so he, he got small. to give two predictions. I get to give one, and he gets to say the Big Ten. No, tens. you did, too. You picked How? Oregon State. To, to make the playoff, and then you also That was part of the same theory, okay? That was part of the same theory. So why don't you just spray the board and give us a, you know, a bunch we of We each gave two predictions in one. No, and that was a completely One of separate, yours is partially right. Was, one of mine was How is was Texas exactly related right. to the Big Ten? Well, I guess if they don't make a playoff, a Texas team has to get in. Okay. Can all we right. agree next season to actually do playoff predictions? Yeah, we, gotta, we should. Yeah, we got to pick all four teams. We should. And then argue about it in, in December. What was BK's bold prediction? He's been kind of quiet oh, yeah, back there. Oh, yeah, what was yours? Mine one? was uh, that the Jimbo Fisher and Petrino marriage would not 
yes in yeah. in well that's and, good and, that, and you nailed it well but yeah but i kind of thought it in you know really a lot of fireworks on the football field actually okay. you know a big blow up like and everybody drama. yeah you don't want to make a case that you were calling you predicted jimbo was going to get fired i think well, that's what on. you were getting everybody to. knew that was going yeah. to happen though mid-season well, hey, that, that's a good call yeah well i think we, that uh, you probably win then no in this game of, <laughs> no, was you I got right? the two of the playoff teams we had another good one in that episode we both agreed that auburn would be georgia's biggest stumbling we, that's block. true and that was they, they want it was 20 to 20 in the fourth quarter and georgia scored a late touchdown that's so true we're, pr we're pretty good and good to be you, right. you two make predictions on the preseason top tens which teams would not be in there and you both both said clemson and lsu mm -hmm. so guys i mean yeah people should listen maybe it's to my us. fault for not putting in the correct predictions in there and just putting no, the negative ones in yeah the ones that make cato look the yeah. worst are the ones <laughs> i want let me I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna call my bookie now about some future bets for next season <laughs> All right, very good. Let's let's make some more predictions now. All right. What now that say? we've proven okay, our track so record, so we yeah. have the semifinal game going up. Uh, let's start with the Rose Bowl. Uh, Michigan is, as we sit, they are a one-point favorite on your beloved Tide. Go ahead and put your way too tight Santa hat on. It's um, all it's right. perfectly. All right. Do you want to lead off on this prediction, or do you want to? We shouldn't waste the time. I mean, how am I not going to pick Bama? I can give you a little reasoning. Just give me a little. Oh, just, okay. Just well, a little taste. Well. Uh, give Nick Saban a month, five weeks to prepare for Michigan? Yeah, yeah. Did you see that he's hired a former, this is how you uh, Harbo, this is how you legally steal someone's signals. He has hired a former Michigan linebacker coach on his staff. The guy started immediately. Getting into Harbaugh's head already? That's a good move. Plus, if you look at the matchup on the field, it really does. This is the kind of team that Bama likes to play. Michigan tries to be physical at the line of scrimmage. Bama, too. Michigan's going to try to run the ball. Uh, I think it's a pretty good matchup for Alabama. And, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Tide by 10. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Um, I hate that I agree with you here. Uh, but, I, I, yeah, I just see Bama. Uh, I, I think I think Milrow is a matchup problem and, and – as he has gotten better throughout the course of the season, I just think this is the type of quarterback that Michigan has not seen and will not be prepared for. Um, I think that, you know, Michigan in the past game, can they hit the explosives against a very good Bama secondary? Ah, I don't know. I mean, could it be? I, I do. I like Bama, and I think I kind of think that they might win by double digits. There we too. go. Let's go. Plus, plus, look at Harbaugh's record in the semifinal. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not great, and you're right. I think that's probably the the biggest and the best point is that you're giving Saban all this time, uh, and he's obviously done some you know some low down uh, recruiting. Yes. There. All right. What about the uh, what about the Texas? Uh, as coming in as four and a half point favorites against Washington in the Sugar Bowl, the other semifinal. I kind of wanted to hear Brian's uh, prediction for the okay. Rose Bowl, yeah, but yeah, I bet yeah, he's no. going. I bet he's going to go Bama. Oh I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have even. Anything yeah. that we did not yeah. list is a justification. No, I think you hit it on with the uh, Jalen Milrow factor and the Saban a month to prepare. I mean. That's, yeah, a, that's a daunting task to face that. Yeah, and Harbaugh is going to be distracted interviewing for the Chargers job. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Plus, his chickens are molting. I think right now, so that's a problem. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So, let, just, Brian, why don't you stay a part of this too? Um, give me your Texas Washington prediction. Uh, I mean, everything on paper looks like it's a Texas, you know. But mm -hmm. I mean, Kalen DeBoer, the guy can coach, and what he's yeah. done with that team, and, and same thing. It's just no one expects anything with this team and they find ways to win i mean who no one gave him a, a shot really against oregon and well that was yeah and holy cow he just he out coached him and uh so i'm i've been i mean really impressed with deboer and, and what he's done with that team and mm -hmm. plus um you know michael Penix, he, he's had a month to get healthy if he wasn't healthy and so you know i'm really looking forward to that matchup yeah uh, you know here's my i, I just think yeah, I've seen a lot of Washington this year, and Penix is as as good as they come. And you know, as far as a you know, just a pocket passing quarterback, he's very accurate. The problem I have is I, I just have a feeling that Texas can make them one dimensional. If you don't have the balance of any run game, I mean, Texas has a great front seven. Um, yeah, you know, that's the thing I worry about. I do think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a shootout. There'll probably be a lot of points scored. Yeah. But I just have a feeling that Texas is gonna is gonna squeak this thing out in the end. I mean. I say that, and I'm like, well, Washington's a pretty good closing team. Um, but 
if I have to lean, I'm leaning I'm lean Texas. I think it might be even closer than that four and a half, though. Plus, you want your preseason prediction to be true, that it's Texas and Alabama. <laughs> That's the yeah. biggest reason, yeah. And, and if, uh, if uh, Quinn Ewers could yes. uh, get hurt somewhere yeah, it's just, just a mild injury. Yes. Uh, uh, this is a hard one to pick. I think I'm going to go Washington. I just I Every time I pick against them, I'm impressed with how Kalen DeBoer schemes up other teams. He did it so well against Oregon. And you know what? They did run the ball. Again, and we thought – uh, Oregon's defense, it's going to be tough to run on. And uh, who's, who's Washington's back? He had over 100 yards. Um, yeah, they found a way to run the ball. And now they've got Kirkland. So Washington's receivers, I think, are going to have good matchups against the Texas secondary. I don't think Texas is – Odunze. Yeah, Odunze. And then Kirkland is healthy now. Finally, he's been hurt most of the season. And then third guy, too, whose name I can't remember. Boy, I'm good with names today. But anyway, Texas is uh, – the the – Part of their defense you want to attack is what these receivers can do. I'm gonna take Washington. I'm gonna take Washington. So we got uh, we got what Bama across the board and two Washingtons, and I'm on an island with Texas. Is that right? Sure. Just the way you wanted it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. At least there's a chance for me to be right. By the way, the running back you're thinking of is Dylan Johnson. That's the young man. Um, yes. All right. So uh, coming up on the other side, we're not done talking college football because we have, uh, you know, we, we've got a pretty solid brain trust here on the No Off Days podcast. Ways that we can reimagine the college bowl season to maybe get a little bit more compelling matchups in some of these bowl games. Mm-hmm. I think we've all come up with something that's a little bit out of the box that they're not employing right now. That will be coming up on the No Off Days podcast. One of our uh, NodPod production uh, people, uh, Ron, was very excited to watch the Myrtle Beach Bowl uh, recently yes. because his beloved Ohio Bobcats were in it. Uh, but what do you? What would you think is the rest of the audience watching that? Um, Ron Mullen. I would say it's about as many people who came to the Panthers Falcons game <laughs> last Sunday in the yeah. rain. It's not. It's not great, right? So, how can we reimagine college football bowl season in a way that? The biggest issue is obviously you're seeing it day by, you know, every day. There's another star athlete that is declaring for the NFL draft, and they're sta- they're not going to play in the bowl. Not game. the draft. They're just declaring for the portal. That's the big problem. Well, there's there's portal, and then there's NFL guys that are also saying we're not going to play in the game. So how how do you incentivize both of these people? Uh, both these these groups of, of athletes to to play in these games and finish the season so that we can actually get what these teams are at their best um, against one another instead of this you know really poor representation of these exhibition games that aside from the pageantry of the game really there's the teams there's, are there's unrecognizable not of, there's not a lot of yeah. intrigue right yeah. a lot of the, these big quarterbacks are out so let me lead off with what I think is the most obvious and easy solution to this problem sure okay obviously NIL money has is flooded the market and these athletes are going to get paid so why can't these title sponsors of these bowl games incentivize them further and say here's part of another NIL package that we can give you for this bowl game you know if hey Caleb Williams if you want to play in this game Mm -hmm. I know it doesn't mean a whole lot to you individually and you're still looking to the NFL but if you play in this game we'll give you a million bucks something like that you know if it's I, and I don't even know who's sponsoring that bowl game. Is that or the Alamo uh, I think so. Holiday Bowl? Is yeah. It, no, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. But e- either way, that, those are that's a drop in the bucket from a marketing standpoint for a lot of these major you know, companies that are already getting on board with these college football games. That that's all you would have to do, and and I think that you're going to probably retain. I would I would guess like 90 percent of the athletes. You know, you, you mean to tell me that all I have to do is you know practice for a few weeks and play in one game, and you're gonna you're gonna pay me a million bucks? Maybe it's a little bit more, maybe it's a little bit less, and maybe that's a negotiation that takes place. But I don't know why that has not been a part of this discussion yet. That yeah. you have to make sure, and you know, I, the program can't force it, right? Like USC can't go to Caleb Williams and say, hey, you know, they have no leverage in that discussion. Uh, they can't beg him. There's nothing else that they can hold over his head. So the only person that isn't really incentivized is the title sponsor that's paid a ton of money mm-hmm. to get eyeballs on their game and have a lot of people talking about Tostitos or Alamo or whatever the issue. 68 Ventures. Yeah. 68 <laughs> Ventures, you know, that they need to pony up some extra money for these athletes and see if they can incentivize them playing in these bowl games. Um, 
Now, the other side of that is you could get athletes that act like they aren't going to play just so they can play this game of you know standoff. Yeah, that that could take place, but I think I think that that's probably that that's the answer that makes most sense to me. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think it would work in a with a player like Caleb Williams who's going into the draft, but it could work for other players that aren't as you know high going to be high draft picks. Um, well, I don't know, man. I mean, if if it was a million dollars to play in one game. Yeah, with, with Caleb, no, because he's already got endorsements that out that outvalue that. He, he's making so Dr. He's, Pepper he's commercials sco- and Wendy's commercials. He's at another million dollars. Yes, he is, easily. Uh, really? But other players wouldn't. I, I mean, I I, okay, I don't want to wet your water down your theory there. It could yes, work. It could work. My I theory. don't know that Caleb was the best example. Um, actually, I have that on my list. Incentivize players not topped out. First of all, I think, well, it's going to be better next year when we have the expanded playoff. We'll have less players opting out so that's that's one thing we've got going in our favor yes i wish we could change the calendar with this transfer portal opening that's one thing that's made all this terrible is the transfer portal window open december 4th right after the conference championship games is is there a way that they could push that back where the the portal window doesn't open so early because that's you have a 2700 guys in the portal now and a lot of these aren't playing in bowl games the situation we talked about last block with Texas and, you know, Malik Murphy, their backup quarterback. This is where we are in college football now. And if I go too long, you can cut this out for time later. Malik Murphy is on a team that could be playing for a national championship. He is the backup quarterback. He played in two games. He started two games this season when Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers, who has an injury history, was hurt. But more important now than winning a national championship is seeing what he's worth. Well, and okay. So I, I, I would I, I would I would defend him and say the issue is is that it's a it's he's racing to find his well next right that's fit. where I, that's where I go you with the window I mean? that's why that's why I bring this up the the calendar well, I know, needs but to you're, be you're kind of making it seem like he's he's flaking on his team no because the I don't is, I don't want to make it backup. seem like that everyone says he's a great dude and he's a hard worker and I think it was probably a very awful decision he had to make but I think the calendar is a problem I don't know if we can adjust that but. That's a good call. This I, is, I would be down with that. This is another thing that could possibly help uh, just make the games more interesting. I don't know if it incentivizes players to stay, but when you have someone who is especially a quarterback going to one of these uh, transferring, going to another school, okay, you want to go play for Notre Dame, Riley Leonard? Well, guess what? You're on the team now, and you're playing in the bowl game, and that's when your proposal comes in. You're also going to get a million dollars for playing in this Sun Bowl against Oregon State. Uh, I don't think you'd have to incentivize it at that point. You don't right? think so? Mo- not monetarily. I mean, you're playing for the team that you're already a part of now for next year. I mean, there's you no- might want to incentivize it though because you know guys could say, "Well, I need practice time, whatever." But you've, you've got three weeks to prepare. The for only this problem bowl is game. now you're getting a totally different product, right? Yeah, but and- it's exciting for the fans. Like, you, you, if you're a Notre Dame fan, you get to see what your team could look like next season. With it, you know, with with Riley, Lin- Kyle McCord, you're going to start. You're transferring to Syracuse in the. What is it? The Boca Raton Bowl mm-hmm. against USF. Yeah. So, Kyle, guess what? You're up. Next man up. You're you're starting this weekend. I don't know. I think that could add an extra element. Obviously, for the, fa- the, the semi the, the teams in the playoffs could not do that, right? Right. And if you've got a situation like Bo Nix is staying and playing his final final game, that's not going to work. But when we're talking about making these bowl games more interesting and for the title sponsors putting more eyeballs on it, I think I think this could help. That would that would be interesting. Um, yeah, BK, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, I mean, both great points. Uh, I kind of like what Cato was saying about the the, uh, the schedule. The schedule's kind of screwed up because you got signing period coming up as well. Yeah. So these coaches also practicing these these teams are in bowl games, having to keep their players from transferring, going out and looking for players who may transfer to their school, and then going out to these high schools and talking to kids to get them to sign for the early signing period. I don't see how these coaches are doing it. And the coaches that are not in bowl games have the huge advantage, I think, during this time yeah yeah I, but, I think uh, the another p- potential fix could be um, that every bowl game has to have some type of gimmick on par with <clears> like a, a mayo bath at the end yes so like the giant pop tart yes you gotta eat or fight the pop tart <laughs> um, you know dunk, frosted flakes maybe it's a giant instead of just pouring frosted flakes on you actually have to jump into a giant bowl I think people would tune in for that. We're turning I mean, just the novelty. It's like, yeah, it's just circus, circus. It's, acts, it's Nickelodeon you know I mean? now. Yes, it's, it's, exactly. Yeah. Slime time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I but BK, oh, sorry, did I cut no, you off? No, ahead. go ahead. BK, you had a you had a, an idea in one of our meetings about how the twelve team playoff. This is not really bowl related, but how you think maybe the twelve team playoff should do like a draft. 
I, like, I think this would be awesome because you know how the playoff will be set up. The format's going to be where five seeds, five through twelve, play each other. Yeah, on a ca- on campus. On campus, yeah. on site, yeah, campus locations, and then wherever bracket they're they're in, five twelve would be you know paired up with the number one team. My numbers could be off, or whatever. How awesome would it be? And this is not my original thought. I, I read this online, but it just kind of hit home. If the top four seeds, they have an advantage because they get a bye week, they also get another advantage by picking who they want to play. How cool would that be? I mean, you have Georgia, or I mean, excuse me, not Georgia, but uh, say Michigan, you know, they're paired up and they had, right now against playing Alabama. Eh, maybe they want to play, a, you know, a Florida State, or maybe they okay. want to play, a, you know, a Tulane or whoever's, you know. That way, in that whole draft night, and it's kind of, would it have some, you know, drama to drama, it? Because, yeah. you, you know, you're, oh, this team's avoiding us. You know, Georgia doesn't want to play us. Georgia wants to play this team. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, you would be forcing a lot of drama in, and I don't think any of the teams would actually like this. I mean, I like it yeah. because I like that extra kind of, like, you know, twist to it. But I, I think that, like, you're giving so much bulletin board material to the team that you're facing it's like we think you're so bad that we want to play you you know like yeah. i can't wait to play this team because we are going to pound the living living daylights out of you like i mean you can't fire a team up more than that but i i kind of love that part of it too I do too why, why not have like the entire whatever the higher seated team is just gets to pick I mean, regardless of the, the four by, by games. Oh, you're saying just so start like, from the yeah, beginning. So, so Michigan five, would pick Liberty. Six, seven. If it would, were this season, Michigan yeah. would say, oh, I want to play Liberty. Yeah. Yeah. Like you get to – you just have a draft. And then you and then you redraft it the next week after the after you get your first knockouts. But I think the bulletin board material, I mean, it, part of it's true, but it – I mean, if you're – you know, say like you're a team that just stinks against a run – you're not going to pick a team that's there and runs 300 yards a game. You'll go. Well, yeah, that's the that's the deeper thing. And so I. But the if everybody will just appeal to what's on the surface, you know. Like if we sat here in a room full of dudes, and you're like, okay, you got to fight somebody. Picks pick the yeah. person you want to fight. But that's it. And if everybody says, I want to fight you, yeah. but like, you're, like, you're like, oh. But can't you see this being a huge TV event, just like the the selection show was? It, it yeah. would be. It I would mean. Be. One Saturday night after all the first round games, boom, here you are. It's the bachelor. It's who gets the rose. It is. It, that's who gets, it exactly. Who has to get in the limo and drive away, sadly. That would be a, that would be a fun idea for sure. Yeah. I, I, you know, I know another way to fix it. How about we just remove NIL in the portal? Can we just go back to – no, okay. That's the seal is broke. The toothpaste yeah. is out of the tube for sure. sure is. All right, uh, so coming up on the other side, BK, it's time for the naughties. Yes. Okay, we're giving our we're giving our awards that hopefully will be now an annual thing as we look back on the season that was, on the year that was, and uh, we have some wonderful categories like best episode, best guest, wonderful things like this. We're going to put our tuxedos on, and we'll be back with the No Office podcast. <laughs> Continues. Cue the music. It's time for your favorite award show. It is the Naughties. Welcome on in. We are your hosts. I am Scott. He is Chris. I'm and Chris. Brian King is in the booth. So this uh, this year we are uh, going to be giving out some very uh, highly esteemed awards. Uh, they will not be tangible, of course. Uh, they will just be a figment of our imagination, much like our own success. <laughs> so here we go. We're going to decide uh, what we think is the best episode of the year okay of the of the no off days podcast i believe we're 60 some odd episodes in wow um and so there's a lot to choose from i know that you already have all the the shows memorized and all the high moments and the low moments so uh let's go with that all right best episode of the no off days podcast the nominees are i'll bring mine first (laughs) the sweet 16 cereal bracket episode oh yeah that was a good All one. Right. Next nominee. I didn't even have that one on my list. I've got so many good ones here. I have an honorable mention. <laughs> Could I mention our... September? Wait, no, it's not the award. I didn't give the oh, award. You're listing your nominee. This is my nominee. Yeah. Uh, my, nominee is, my nominee is March 6th. Uh, we write comedy for Tom Brady, as the story was at the time. He was flirting with a <laughs> career in stand-up comedy. We wrote some jokes for the GOAT. Oh, and also, making yes. that episode even better, that was the Vernon Maxwell interview, which is my favorite. Okay, yeah. let's hear it for that one. 
What was the name of that episode? Do you remember? March uh, something Brady at the Joke Hut at the okay. Yacht Hut with Tom, oh, something at the like Chuckle that. Hut, yeah, yeah, Chuckle Tom Hut. Tom Brady that was at the it. Chuckle Hut. That was a good one. Okay, and the third nominee for best episode on the No Updates podcast, Brian. I am going with the great Scott Shart Heist. Remember that one where Scott, you got one of your shirts mysteriously oh, taken okay. from How here. I forget. Yes. Still yes. Missing. I thought you said shart at first, and I was like, I missed that episode, but I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I missed that one. The great Scott Shart heist. Yes. Oh. Brought in a bunch of people from the station. That's why he has a new chair over here. The shirt heist, yes. That was a Sean Berry production. It was. We were looking for his stolen race shirt. Yeah, that was a good one. All right, so we're going to have to pick a winner here. All right, so if you think it is... The Sweet 16 cereal bracket. Raise your hand. Okay. We all raised our hand. There we go. We all raised our hand. All Scott right. had, yeah. Well, those were great nominees, and we give them a deserving round of applause. But let's hear it for Sweet 16 cereal bracket winning best episode of the year. And, and that one got the most traction. That's nobody, what I was going to say. Nobody here at Fox 13 has talked about another single episode of this That's right. podcast. That's right. They just they want more cereal brackets, and we're like, we already played that game. And what made it great was the thing, same thing that drives any kind of success in a talk show. It was divisive. People were upset yes. at our at our yeah. at our um, entries we had in the in the I field know. in the tournament. Everyone was angry, that and every, everybody's wanting another type of bracket. Yeah. You know that we, should, we need to keep bringing these out. So you know when when you know March Madness rolls around, I think guys and, and viewers, if you have any ideas, please you know yeah. on Facebook and. And on Instagram, let us let us know like what you think would be a good bracket. All right, our next category: best guest on the No Off Days podcast. Our first nominee: Crazy George. Mm. Crazy George Henderson. How can we forget that episode? He yelled at us for about 15, 20 minutes nonstop. The man uh, at what? He was like eighty, yeah, right? and just, just as much it. energy. This guy was had Mountain Dew coursing through his veins he told the story of the lion mauling a guy on a field it yeah. was just like there was blood everywhere he brought his own and props. he's looking at me and yelling get him off me <laughs> i mean it was i was like what am i listening to yeah, here that was that to me that's that's best guest all right our second nominee for best guest chris i don't know how to top crazy george i mentioned vernon maxwell i really love that one that was march 6th just yes. because the his his dryer his clothes dryer was on <laughs> during the entire uh, interview and also he told like I was not I was least excited about having him but most ex most happy with it afterward because he told great stories he's told about uh, Kareem um, I'm sorry Akeem Olajuwon slapping him in the locker room yeah. and him going after Hakeem with a broken shard of glass yeah. like yep. I mean it was like story time so not, not to mention the amount of edits for foul language that Brian had to make yeah. in that episode yeah. so I, he was, he was uh, an honorable mention for me all right BK our third nominee for best guest uh, I I like this just because it was a great get and the timing of it and everything I mean we had Dave Canales right I in was, the middle I was gonna say that one too training yeah. camp his very first training camp as an offensive coordinator and he took time out with us to be on the, the podcast i thought that was huge and plus it was a great interview yeah he gave great marriage advice remember <laughs> yeah, yeah i know we, we were talking about his book for quite some time on that interview yeah uh i like that um i had right. another honorable mention oh, it, just so one? people yeah. go back and listen yeah. to it remember uh my andrew cotton interview i was going to say foot that wave i was going to say i think that. that was has been our most downloaded episode by far oh, really yeah because scott wasn't in the was interview. In <laughs> <laughs> no i i make i make that part up but uh yeah i enjoyed that one too but okay let's vote all right so the winner of best guest Raise your hand if it's Crazy George. It's Crazy it's George. It's Crazy George. <laughs> yeah. It, well, he's such a unique personality. So that was great. And it, what, what was fun for me about that was that it was just nostalgia. It was This guy was such a big piece of my fan-going childhood, you know, like going to Oakland A's games. And he was always there beating that drum, and nothing has changed. In 20 years, nothing has changed. Um, all right. Our last uh, group-selected award is Best Prediction of the season best prediction of the season the first nominee is one that you already heard on this episode it was my own texas making the final four the second nominee for best prediction chris cato i'm shocked that you nominated yourself this is <laughs> this is stunning um it 
I don't have any good ones. You, you, I, 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 we we did some. I, I had the Dolphins winning the AFC East, but they haven't won it yet, so I don't know that I can claim that. You know what I didn't like was my stupid. Uh, remember when you guys let me drive one week and I did the love it, don't love it, hate it uh, category? I, yeah. I hated that. Let me not do that again. Um, yeah, I gotta agree that your prediction, especially if this plays out and, and Arch Manning ends up, you know, playing in the playoffs. Uh, how can we top that? That's got to be the, the best prediction. All right. Brian? Uh, Prediction-wise, you seeded all the cereals in that cereal challenge. And you both, I mean, you know, went straight forward uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch well, in one seed. Yeah, and that we, just cooked, that blazed through the uh, brackets. It did. Well, that's because we prediction. kind of, yeah, we rigged it a little. But so that, Well, we, we wanted CTC to win. That's why we seeded at number one, right? Well, no, I think are, you're, you're, first of all, don't discredit the off days podcast voting. I, I don't need any do- doubting here with our voting processes. Like, that was that was a legit vote. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think that we, we just kind of stand knew. with, we stand with the people. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. All right, so uh, raise your hand if, if, if it's my prediction on Texas. <laughs> raise your hand if it's the cereal. All right, BK goes is the only one on the cereal because he just wants to spite me, and I appreciate Cato's humility uh, in allowing me this uh, cheap. It hurts. So. I mean, we've talked half this episode about your prediction All about right. Texas. All right, let's let's now let's go to this is the part of the award show that it never appears on the actual broadcast. It's the list of awards that were given out before the show aired, and so we will make up our own categories and we will start firing. All right, BK, do you have one? Yes. Okay. This award is the Nod Pod Best Supporting Actor, and we've kind of mentioned it already, and this is actually a tie, and it happened during this great shirt heist. The shirt episode heist, yes. With Sean Barry and Taylor Jennings. They dominated that. And it was a special yes. appearance, cameo appearance from our own Chris Cato in yeah. that episode yeah, as well. That's right, yeah. yeah. You did a good job. I so, need some acting lessons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you're saying that all three of them get the get a slice? They should. Well, and Tukes was in it too. Tukes, yeah, he was. Tukes, so oh, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. a scene stealer. He, he yes, was. yeah. Barry was um, very good in that, and he wrote the whole thing. And uh, so, I, yeah, hats off to I. No problem with that. Yeah, so now, what was this category, Brian? What it was best supporting, best supporting actor okay. in a Barry. podcast yeah. series. Okay. That was good. I'm gonna go uh, best appearance by a Fox 13er mm. on the podcast, and we've had. A lot of people. Um, <laughs> Just about everyone in the building. It's got to be Tukes and his Nod Pod song when he sang. Ooh, Nod that was. We've got to have him back. I mean, to do that, that was again. a beautiful rendition. Yeah, he's got to come up with another. <laughs> After yeah. he did that, I was like, I got to have you back every week because you got to keep writing and you have to keep performing, and we just haven't. So, all right, kid, Chris, what do you got? Um, you know, sometimes on a podcast, especially one that's trying to find its footing when you're trying to get big name guests. You have to allow them to pitch a product. It, they have to have a little bit of time of trying to sell something on your airwaves. Uh, and we've had some good ones. We've had uh, Jerome Bettis had some kind of uh, air filter. <laughs> and, and we had, what else have, have, we, have we had here? Um, but I got to say. Uh, Laura Rutledge was, so that was, okay, that's, that's she my, was cooking ham. That's my number one. I'm going yeah. with, with number one product pitch on the Nod Pod is Laura Rutledge's ham tailgate spread it was oh. a honey baked ham let honey baked ham cover your tailgate and she yeah. went through and by the time she was done not only were we starving and salivating yeah. but but we were out of time for the interview oh, because that's, that's yeah so, so laura rutledge uh, wins the naughty for best product pitch in a podcast well i mean when she came up on screen i mean you guys will have to go back and watch it if you just listen to it but like the whole screen is like her in a spiral like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was covered up by this there was so many pork products on that sliders table. oh my goodness I know. and we're like uh okay we want to yeah sure we'll talk ham but can we get to football and uh yeah and that's one of the where cato asked her if how does nick saban's hair smell uh, was, i did what, I oh, that was that, yeah yeah how, yeah that would yeah, be a Scott that was, question. That was yeah. definitely a Scott question. That's another question. category is worst question on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> How did somebody smell? Uh, I love that question, though. All right, uh, BK, do you get another one? Uh, how about Line of the Year Award? Oh, okay. I, ho- I hope complete- I'm in the running. I uh, completely forgot about the uh, Crazy George get him off me line. <laughs> get him off that should That should win it. But in that shirt heist, Tukes had that line where he just off the top, he just, we, I mean, we kind of halfway scripted it out. But it was where um, I 
supposedly took the shard and I had an alibi or something like that. And I said, I'll sometimes eat yogurt, I think. And I told him I ate Tuke's yogurt and Tuke's just deadpan turned. You ate my yogurt. That was good. He did. Yeah. You ate, and he whipped off his glasses when he yeah. did it. He said, you ate my yogurt? You ate my <laughs> yogurt. He was so offended. Yeah. All right. Like so that was my line, the not yeah, pod that, line I of the year. I guess that was a pretty good kid. episode. Maybe yeah. we should have won episode of the year. Maybe we should just run that one every week. All right. Um, I'm going to say uh, my most, you know, you mentioned one of the uncomfortable moments. I didn't think it was that uncomfortable, me asking uh, Laura Rutledge about oh. what Nick Saban smelled like. No, that was, she went along no, with that. She had, she, good, yeah, she had a good she had a good sense of humor. So, you know, sometimes we, we ask questions, and, you know, we don't know a lot of these people personally. So, you know, if you don't know, like, where we're coming from, you might think we're strange. And, well, we are, yeah. but, you know, sometimes it just doesn't land. And I think for me... Uh, when I made the, the Canadian joke to Dave Randorf, uh, lightning play-by-play man on Valley Sports, it just, you know, it, I don't even remember what it was, but it was a joke about Canadians, and he is Canadian, and it just was like crickets, man. And so I had to explain it to him, and I just wanted to fall into a hole. It I just was, wanted to bury it wasn't, myself. You know, these things are never as bad as they feel. It didn't, it wasn't, the awkward silence wasn't as long as you think it was. But, yeah, I, he didn't. It didn't land, but yeah. that happens sometimes. Yeah. You know, when you put yourself. You had another one like that too. What oh, was good. It? All right. <laughs> Thanks. It was. Uh, oh my gosh, why can't I remember it? It was. Um, oh, you tried to force um, Rick Stroud into doing a Gruden impression. Oh, that was. And yeah. he was. And he was like not happy about <laughs> yeah, that. Remember? And yeah. you kept on like, "Hey, aren't you gonna do Gruden? Aren't you?" Gonna? And he was like, "What? You always, you always ask me to do this." <laughs> It's like you guys, I, you had this whole history with him that I didn't know about. Neither did I, but apparently I do. I always ask. Yeah, I think uh, we have you know. a new winner for that category, actually. It was the Rick Stroud, why don't you do Gruden? Are you, <laughs> you going to get out of here without doing a Gruden for us? Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, wait. You're not getting off the hook. The reason we had you on was to do this one thing. Now dance. Um, all right. What, what do you got? Um... I can't. I don't know where to go from that. Do you I have another? I don't, I don't, I, you have another? Uh, um, are we, let's do best uh, non-human. Are okay. we doing that one? Or did you already? Did you have no, that one? I haven't one? done that. Yet. Okay. Best appearance by a non-human. Best non-human appearance. Um, you know, the goldfish. I think is is a little too easy. I'm gonna go with our friend. Let me find the episode. Um, uh, it was the episode we had Richard Sherman on, and you brought out a little intergalactic cooler for us oh yeah it was he yeah. was it was a mars rover it that, was a rover you know this was from stars on mars the fox series stars on fun. mars and, and they, it was playing music too it, it, the fox uh had you know given for some reason gave us this rover that was a cooler and yeah. you had a little uh, snack in there for me a little mountain dew oh that's right uh, yeah <laughs> yeah that was our best non-human appearance in my opinion okay i you know i had i i, I had uh garnet the goldfish because i thought that was the most obvious but then when you're telling the story about the lion, I know it wasn't here, but I felt like it was here. You felt like I felt like the here. Crazy George Lion was here in studio, so I almost give that an honorable mention. All right. Uh, BK, do you have any other ones? I got one more. Okay. This is the Share If I Could Turn Back Time Award. To go back in time and change things. I think we've named a couple already. Yeah. yeah. This one was at episode, I forgot what we ended up calling this segment, is where we told two truths and then one was a lie or yeah. something like that yeah. and you picked out one. Yeah. And I told our, what, millions of viewers and how many people had downloaded that I have curved toes and I'm able to pick up things with my feet. Yes, <laughs> you said curved toes, <laughs> I'm gonna get this right, curved toes that look like a, sh they look, look like, like shrimp. Baby shrimp, yeah. 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 Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think that was the most embarrassing thing you said in oh, that episode. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Wait, but what? people are going to have to go oh, back. Oh, no. And <laughs> what, what else did he say? Uh, tres. Uh -oh. tres <laughs> I've got a Tres montañas. <laughs> tres montañas. Oh, yes. Oh, that was, yeah. That was much uh, more yes, embarrassing that, yeah, than the just let, let not, Yeah, let people go back and dig through the episodes for that one. Oh, what gotta, episode is that? I've got to find it I here. Got, I can't remember. Uh, I forgot no, even who's gonna, on that, that one. I'm going to make sure people really know. Good. We're gonna make sure people know. That was, really was that the one where I confessed to like having to pull ticks off of myself or something, <laughs> or le uh, leeches, or? I, it sounds that sounds <laughs> vaguely familiar. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we appreciate it because it, it was a moment of candor, and we kind of lured you in, you know, as we do. And we we made it feel like it was a safe place to tell some of these deep dark secrets. It's a done. safe place. And then and then there's of course immediate regret. Like why did I why did I share? That? Always. That, that's me at every dinner party. So <laughs> don't worry. Although I don't have curved toes. I don't. Or a third. 
Yeah. Oh, he, oh, okay. Well, I think right. that that's a, a great way to end it. I mean, yeah. um, that I feel like we gave we've given some really prestigious awards, and then you know some regrettable awards. Where are there little ones. trophies? No, this is again. Just all, this is okay. just a, it's not in the budget this year. Okay, Chris. maybe next next year. year. We still we need to get more than two mugs. All right. <laughs> When we get well, the, when we get the Nod Pod show uh, page where we get all the swag that we sell, the store, yeah, yeah, the store, the show store. Once <laughs> if Fox can supply a rover, they can supply it, an it's extra. A, it's a, pr- mug. a fitting and appropriate way to end 2023, and I, I feel like there's even better shows in store come 2024. So, with that being said, if you'd like to see all of those episodes of the No Off Days podcast, get a little bit more Nod Pod in your life, go to fox13news.com slash Nod Pod or hit the QR code. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. You can get the podcast sent to you every week right to your phone. Don't even have to look for it. Big thanks to Brian and to Chris and to our hardworking yes. No Off Days podcast production They're crew. They're the best. That uh, makes it happen and makes it look so good. So uh, we thank you guys at home also for being a part of our podcast. And just because it's the end of 2023, that doesn't mean that we're going anywhere. Right? Oh, I'm going we've somewhere. Been, we've been re up I'm, co- I'm coming back, though. But, yeah, no, happy holidays to everyone. Yes. Enjoy the time with your loved ones. And, um, you know, a prosperous new year to all of you. We'll see you in 2024. Well said. Until the next time we are on, there are no off days. <laughs>